Hi everybody, and it's uh, Thursday evening, it's 8pm in the UK and whatever else it is elsewhere in the world, and you are all very welcome. As you can tell, I'm playing around with a different music, apologies for the short delay, a slight technical hitch at this end, no I hadn't forgotten about you, but anyway, you are all very welcome, I can see you all joining, uh, so just a shout out to all our friends here who come, who gather together on Thursday evening, Chris Davies, Joel, uh, Leslie, uh, Nath, I see you, our good friend Gar Ram, uh, thanks for uh, for being here with us this evening, Adrian. Of course, I can see, and uh, yeah, you're all um, you are all very welcome over on the uh, Twitters, over on the uh, the Getters, uh, wherever this is streaming. Uh, who can tell? But anyway, you're, you, I hope you all. Have I a can really tell, Davis. You can tell oh, because I've sent them all out. <laughs> Yeah, so we are streaming across the known universe then, or, or you know, whatever that is. Oh boy, there's a conspiracy theory. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jed, we, uh, uh, I, I want to just sort of uh, hope everyone had a really good Christmas and, and, and whatnot. And uh, I hope that um, you're going to enjoy this, which is our final big politics night of 2023. And... Chris Davy says there's darts in the TV and David in the iPad. Exactly. What better combination, Chris, could any anyone expect? And listen, we got we've got a mountain of stuff to get through. So this is going to be the big special because uh, what I wanted to do tonight is uh, as we're in this kind of doldrums between Christmas and the New Year, uh, what I thought the best thing to do would be to look back across 2023, looking at yeah, you know, the big events that happened in the year and we can just reflect on them a little bit together. So uh, so I hope that appeals to you. As I said, there's um, I've actually done my homework for this one, believe it or not, and I've got a massive list in front of me. So uh, Chris Davies says he's got his wine all sorted for nine o'clock. Listen, Chris, you're gonna, you might need something stronger because uh, we've got, uh, we got a load of stuff to get through. Not through now, Adrian, if you want to come into the studio, just uh, let me know in the normal fashion. I don't see our good friend City Troll uh, yet. So Adrian is just coming in now, but hopefully um, he will join us from the US of A uh, and we'll have our full uh, and hopefully there'll be others um, uh, joining in as the program uh, goes on. So uh, Paddy's going to be a minute away, apparently. City Troll will be with us in one minute time. Uh, Northern Monkey, nice to see you as well. Thanks for being here. Uh, and thanks to everyone, by the way, you know, for the podcasts, as you know, have started back again after the little uh, little break. I took over Christmas Day and Boxing Day, so those are back and they will continue kind of sporadically, I think, uh, because let's face it, this is kind of, Jed, see this period, this um, Christmas to New Year's, it's kind of nomad period, isn't it? I mean, it's it's neither one thing nor other. It's neither fish nor foil. Uh, yeah, I get it is, mate. It, it, it is a nomad's land, isn't it? Uh, it would be nice if Christmas and New Year were smack banging up against each other. Uh, so it was one party rather than a party, a break and a party, so to speak. Uh, but the thing is, I don't like New Year's because I don't go in for all that um, kissing, if you see what I mean. I don't like kissing strangers. Well, it depends on how good looking they are, really, but, you know, <laughs> to, to, to be truthful. I don't go around kissing strangers. So me and my good lady, very, very rarely do we ever go out um, on a New Year's Eve. 
Um, and it's, um, yeah, we're just staying. Uh, normally play a board game or something like that. Um, we used to put uh, Jules Holland on coming up to midnight. Uh, but that's so work, work now that it, it makes me sick. Um, so we don't put that on anymore. And uh, just so I can say to the guys on Getter, I do apologise. I didn't hit the sound button for you. You have got sound now. So uh, welcome to the show and my apologies. Yeah, so now over in Getter, whoa, Echo, uh, on Getter, you can actually enjoy the podcast with so added sound. Who says we don't treat you people? That missed, it means you missed the nice music at the start. But anyway. Humbug. Uh, Chris says he's back. Oh, hang on a second. I, I, Scrooge has joined the uh, stream. Uh, hi, Paddy. Very welcome. Welcome on board for the final show of the year. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Well, the world is what we're going to talk about, actually, because we are going to do uh, a review. Jed, can you tell me, is Adrian in? Because I, I did let him in, but I can't see him. But I don't know. Yes, he, he's there, the mate. He's there, as always. He'll he'll flick his mute button and he'll speak to us and enlighten okay. us with his Easter. Well, as I said, look, I want to chat about, uh, oh God, you know, we're going to talk about 2023, folks. So this is going to take a little while. So actually, if I was you, Chris Davies, I would actually pour yourself a glass of wine now because you, you might need it. Um, because, you know, there, there's so many things I, I want to tackle. Um, but just, I'm going to just rattle through a list of things that struck me as being pretty significant parts of the, of the last year. We had the fabled Ukrainian spring offensive that came in the autumn, which didn't work. We've seen the Hamas-Israel conflict kick off on October, October 7th, obviously. Uh, I'm sure we've all experienced global boiling this year, uh, if we haven't been sufficiently soaked with rain. We've seen the rise of artificial intelligence. We've seen <laughs> Philip Schofield and Hugh Edwards make a few... <laughs> make a few uh, headlines earlier in the year that was uh, enjoyable uh, and we've seen president trump arrested and that famous mugshot that went around the world uh as we've touched on here a few times we've seen women's sport elevated to a whole new level now you see that with women's football first female referee in a premier league game the other day and of course, sports personality of the year was naturally a woman footballer. Oh, I know, I know. So I know. Have... Does she know the offside rule? No <clears> one <throat> knows the offside rule. I, I remember <laughs> about 1970, I knew it, Jed, but certainly not since then. We, that's what we've got. Uh, VAR tells us what the offside rule is. Hi, Grantonio, by the way. Uh, good to see you on the stream as well. But yeah, I mean, like those are just something we've seen, Jed, just to finish, we've seen strikes across the entire public sector as they all get ready for their pals in Labour to grab power next year. We've seen the demise, essentially, of the Conservative Party. We've seen so much, so very much. But what I thought I would do is, I, would, I just wanted to start off with a couple of things um, that struck me, and then I'm going to open it wide open for everyone to comment on. Um, January of this year started by the Conservative Party suspending Mr. Andrew Bridgen, MP, from the ranks because he was daring to question COVID efficacy and all the rest of it. <coughs> Excuse me. And then in May, he was sacked from the Conservative Party. <coughs> he joined the Reclaim Party. Then he met up with uh, Jed and I on the 12th of uh, December at our special London event. And then he left the Reclaim 
party. Jed, I blame you for uh, Andrew Bridgen's departure. Well, uh, well, to be honest, David, <laughs> I, I think uh, I think Andrew Bridgen, uh, his profile has grown obviously since meeting us on the twelfth of December, and that's why he's left reclaim, uh, reclaim because he knows he needs a bigger audience, a bigger, a wider field, and he needs to spread his wings because that's what we showed him that uh, it is possible uh, on the live show, and that's what he's done, mate. Um, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to take credit for him leaving. <laughs> Okay, uh, when I had a little chat in the green room with him, um, but you know, hey, I, I don't kiss and tell much. Well, I, it is the power of Vance, as I put it, because he, 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 basically, these people bail out of whatever the um, the party they're in is when we start to get stuck into them. Because I've spent the last couple of years getting stuck into the Tory party. He bailed out of that. Although, to be fair, I am positive about Reclaim, but it's not a party, Jed. It's really not a party. It's more of a... No, I agree. It's, it's more of... Protest movement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, yeah. Needs to, he needs, to be honest, he needs to go to um, reform if he wants a party. Because they are a party. You know, they ha they're on the polls and... You know, and the form does a party if if yeah. if he doesn't yeah. want to go back. But I think he will. I've got the feeling he wants to go back to the Tories. And I well, I think he was probably Adrian. I'll bring you in this one. I think Bridgen was probably, would you say, one of the most prominent MPs of 2023, which I don't think anyone really saw that coming. But you know, as I say, he started the year as a Conservative, ended it as an Independent. What, what's your thoughts on Andrew Bridgen? Uh, Adrian. Uh, evening, everyone. Um, I haven't met Andrew, unfortunately, like you guys have, but I do like the stand that he took. And if, if I, felt, I felt quite sad for him that only a handful turned up to actually listen to him speak in Parliament, you know, for what he, he lost his job over, you know, and I thought there was quite a few who could learn some principles from him to stand up and ask questions rather than just give us some stupid whitewash. Um, but what his next steps is, I, I don't know. I don't know what he needs to do to get a bigger platform or what kind of party would suit him. Does he need to start his own? I, th I think, Adrian, you know, um, this is the problem, really. We have a two-party system, and the, even the most recent polls demonstrate that you know, that two-party system is going to be reinforced in 2024. And I think it'd be interesting to see if Andrew, I think he's going to stand as an independent, by the way. Uh, I Will he be able to succeed? I, I have no idea. I have, I have no idea if he will. I sincerely, I, I seriously doubt it. Because if you check the number of independents in Westminster, you'll find it's zero, Adrian. You know, nobody gets through. Yep, I know, I know, yep. sorry, yes, yep. that is, and that is sad, but unfortunately, mm. when you look now at how some of the communities have worked out in the United Kingdom, it's very hard that certain certain areas will always remain under, say, labour control, and it'll, be, it'll take an awful lot to get that changed, so unfortunately, mm. unfortunately, it is going to be hard for a party to try and break through. But somebody needs to try and make that stand because if we don't, then we just end up with the uni party forever. Yeah. Well, actually, Paddy, I'll bring you in on this one because, you know, we're talking about the fact that here in the UK, the, um, the parliamentary system is it's, 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 it is a uni party. And if you go out as an independent, 
you know, it's going to be difficult for you. Let's put it like that. And, and I, I put it to you, Patty, that's exactly the case in the USA. You, you know, you've got your Democrats, you've got your Republicans. I look upon them as pretty much the same. Um, I, I obviously look upon MAGA as very different based. But it's hard to beat the, an established system, Patty, isn't it? Especially, you know, when in your case it's been in existence for quite a long while and in our case an even longer time. Well, you can't even you can't you can't even uh, you can't even get on a ballot in the United States unless you're. Uh, there's one or two states that have more than just the Democrats and the Republicans, but at, at least 45 out of the 50 states you can't you can't get on even on the ballot to, unless you're a, a Democrat or a Republican, and they've got it boxed out that didn't make it impossible for other parties to just start up. So you have to find your niche and hope that they'll back you. Because even if you get in with the Republicans or Democrats, there's no, there's no guarantee. If you're not the slotted next person, you're not getting to run, period. And independents never get anywhere. No, that, that, that's the problem. I actually did a Twitter spaces last night uh, with Neil Oliver and I a few other people. I was on there. Uh, yeah, but did you hear me say, Patty, I mean... <laughs> It's not that I want to exaggeration, but I did damn the uniparty system we've got here and you've got there. And I said, metaphorically speaking, that uh, I'd like to see them both burnt to the ground and the very earth salted to make sure that never again rises such a corrupt system. I'd like to but maybe, I believe, maybe, you know, and I don't. I don't put it metaphorically. I believe in what George Washington said. Parties is the worst thing that could happen to this country. They should be. Mm. They should be banned. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, Jed, I wonder do you agree with that? I, I'd love to see no parties and just independence everywhere. Uh, well, I would say it's my party, and I will cry if I want to. Cry yeah, if I want to. I'm sorry, I couldn't help. I was waiting for you to bring me in so I can say that. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. You see, I'm not too sure about that. And the reason I say I'm not too sure about that is because I don't think anything will get done because you'll have too many different voices. And I think that's where a party system uh, actually helps because you end up with a controlling party of some degree and therefore they can push their policies through. Where if it's 650 individuals, well, you could have 650 different opinions on a particular policy and therefore the policy never gets voted for and therefore nothing ever happens. And that's the problem with if potential problem if we go with proportional representation. And that's where I fear that proportional representation lets itself down because it ends up with too many voices and therefore nothing happens. Yeah, although actually, Jed, I, I know I come at a very perverse angle in this one. But I mean, I think you're right in what you've just said. I totally agree with you. But I like that. I like the fact, Adrian, I'm going to come to you next, that if we take Northern Ireland in 2023, what we've had is no government. And I don't know about you, Adrian, but I'm so happy that there's no government because they can't because they can't agree, and that's, I don't know, who cares what they want. Um, they can't do things, and they weren't able to do things against us in 21 and 22, Adrian. So I, I delight in the fact that we don't have a functioning government in 2023, and I hope that continues. Although, listening to the talk, that they say there is a possible deal 
uh, coming. They, they reckon, what do you call him? Jeffrey Donaldson is so, softening his stance. But yeah, mm. the, the polit- political system here is, is a farce. It's just like the UK. And unfortunately, the DUP will be told at one point, look, you just need to go back. If not, you know, they'll move on without them. So mm. they will. And, yeah. you know, they will r- ride roughshod over them to get back to work at some point. Yeah, but back to work means back to telling us what to do, back to limiting our freedoms, putting up tax or, or putting up whatever they can put up, Adrian, you know. I mean, I suppose I, I, I'm sort of like a mild anarchist. I I, I, I despise all form of so-called government. I, I just hate government telling us what to do. I even hate local government as well. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, I, I don't discriminate in my dislike of it, but for sure 2023 has seen... Yeah, Leslie says, my, my Leslie, no, okay, I'm an extreme anarchist. But, uh, you know, I, I just think, we, we, like, we've seen a lot of stuff this year. Uh, and you take the UK, this is one of the things I wanted to bring up. And Grantonio, I see you on the stream. Scotland featured quite a bit in 2023. It was the day after Valentine's Day, February 15th, when the Queen of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, resigned to everyone's amazement because nobody's seen that one coming. Well, maybe there had been noises regarding the gender uh, um, uh, sort of realignment act and stuff. But she she resigned in February. Humza Yosef, Humza, my pal, he became SNP leader the uh, the next month in, in, in March. And then we had a series of arrests. So Agrantonio, I don't know if you want to jump in, but Scotland's provided fantastic entertainment this year, uh, for sure. And oh yeah, Chris says whatever happened to the motorhome? Yeah, whatever happened to the ninety-six thousand EV Jaguar? Uh, Chris Davies, you might ask as well. Well, none of these things have been answered. The police are still investigating it. And under Scottish law, we have to be very particular that we don't say anything that could be judgmental or they might come after me. So, I mean, I'm not commenting on that case. I noticed that the SNP treasurer was arrested in April. <laughs> and then in May, I think Sturgeon was, or was it July, Sturgeon was arrested. So, uh, you know, Adrian, I'll come to you and then I'll come back to you, Jen. Uh, Scotland's been an interesting one this year. Uh, and, and actually, Adrian, you've hit the, as I would expect, you've got the uh, nail on the head. Just elaborate on your point. Um, so, the SNP, uh, Grantonio again would probably be a better expert on this, but the SNP was a ruling party in Scotland and had been for a considerable period. And because Labour could not get a foothold in, they weren't gaining enough seats to try and sort of win the general election. And we have seen how much Keith Storm, Stormer has been promoted and praised by the media that you know there's a concerted effort to try and get them in. So they had to destroy the SNP to give Labour a chance in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. And actually, Jed, just on that point that Adrian's made, in the most recent opinion poll that I put out today, I see that they're forecasting that the SNP will lose just slightly over half their seats in Scotland. Half their seats, Jed. It Does that couldn't happen to a nicer. It couldn't happen to a nicer party. The thing is, the SNP thought they were the be all and end all of of Scotland, and they owned Scotland and the Scottish people. And the problem is, when you when you think you have all that power, and and the old saying, you know, absolute power can 
corrupts absolutely and i think it did i think they ran a cabal up there thinking well nobody can come near us labor will never get near us the tories are you know are, are, are neither here nor there there's a couple of them and and sometimes they speak and, and that's about it but the point is they thought they had the police in the pocket they thought they had the judiciary in the pocket they thought they had every single council in the pocket and they ruled as they saw fit you know it was a dictatorship and no matter what they wanted, uh, uh, the second, obviously, in the last session, really, they had the Greens backing them up because the Greens just wanted to, to be able to say, we're in power, because they never will be in power anywhere else unless they do a coalition with something like the SNP. They certainly will never be in power in Westminster, absolutely not. So the only way they can go, look, the Greens are in power, is to do something like that that they did with the SNP. So they would back the SNP until they were blue in the face. Uh, sorry, green in the face. Um, <clears throat> the point is, yeah. the, the SNP, I look at the SNP as they got a foothold. They, and don't get me wrong, great, uh, as a campaigner, Sturgeon was brilliant. She could convince everybody that her plan was going to work. She convinced the population that that they could get some ferries built. She built, you know, she said, we will win the referendum, and they didn't. We would, and everything that she touched turned to, turned to dust. Everything that the SNP got the hands on, their NHS, turned to dust. Their higher education, it turned to dust. And that, and even then, the media still held them up as, oh, they, these are the shining lights of how a party should be run and how a party should govern. But actually, we found out this year that actually they're the party that shows us how government shouldn't be run and how corrupt governments can be. Yeah, but allegedly, yeah. Oh, Adrian, yeah, you want to hop in? Yeah, yep. just want say the number of protests in london since october the 7th like we've seen how many hundreds of thousands of people have been protesting i wonder how the rest of england has viewed that and will they wake up when they realize how bad the immigration is because there'll be certain parts that aren't overly touched with it yet mm, well but I, of course. But, I, but I wonder how much will that sway voters when they see how much immigration has changed so much but who do they, but but the problem is that if if english people um you know see and i'm sure they have seen all this the protests in london and in many other cities as well where they look increasingly more like gaza than anywhere else um then what who are they going to vote for because the tories have allowed this labor will make it even worse and all the minor parties have no chance of getting elected so if you oppose as I, th if you're worried about Adrian, what people have seen, I'm just wondering, well, what what are you going to do? Vote Tory, so you get more of it. Vote Labour, so you'll get it'll, you'll get it in steroids. I mean, it's not much of a choice. Yeah, but will it wake people up to get them to maybe start getting involved in their local councils, local areas as well? Mm, do mm. you think you know? Do you think this could be a wake up call for people? That's what I'm I'm trying to put across. Well, well, this actually is the point, and Paddy, I'll come to you in this one. Um, the, 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 the thing, is, like Adrian's point there, and this is again what I was saying last night. Like, since I have little or no confidence in big parties, but I do have confidence in people at grassroots level, and we've shown this, Paddy, over the past couple of years. You know, the resistance to the tyranny came from just ordinary people. 
talking amongst each other, whether it's over this or whether it's, you know, in the park or in a pub or whatever. And, and sometimes, you know, that's where uh, that's where revolutions can start in the, in, in the in the pubs or the inns of old. And and, and, and I wonder, you know, what, what do you think about that, Patty? You know, do, how do you think things change? Do you think they change from the top or from the bottom? They change from the bottom. It's what they call it. The Tea Party is a perfect example, and uh, you know, like I said, it 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 shut Obama down in 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 his in his first term and caused him his major problem. And that's what really started. That's what really. That's when he really weaponized the uh, the government against people. But all revolutions start in in, in start in the pubs and in the town square, and mm. uh, and that's where they should start. Governments are supposed to work for the people. You know, they're supposed to, you know, that, that is what they're supposed to do. And that is not what they're, they, they, you know, every, in the last 10 years uh, or, or more, they've shifted unbelievably concentrated on, they've decided that we're going to go this one route and it's going to be a worldwide movement. And you know what? Screw that. I'm not going along. I will not comply. That's right. That's almost like a good punchline. I will not submit. And I, I wonder who uses that. I wonder who uses that punchline. I don't know. I heard. I, I, I heard some conspiracy theorist somewhere was running. Some tinfoil hat man. Yeah. Yeah, tinfoil hat wearing. That's right. So, some guy that doesn't believe in the moon landings. That's right. Hey, I see the the Van Allen <laughs> belt got him. Oh yeah, Paddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, no, we did the moon landings the last week. <laughs> Doing the lunar moon landings this week, but I mean, again, going back, sort of looking back across the year here, um, uh, there were so many, so many things we could talk about. By the way, uh, I want to just talk about something that, uh, and again, Patty, I'll come back to you in this one here because it is kind of fast, um, a big moment, and that was we saw for the first time the arrest of a United States president when Donald Trump was taken to that county jail and that mugshot of your former president, Patty, or current, depending what you think, went around the world. And that was some moments. I mean, you know, I know it was all PR. Uh, the Democrats thought it would destroy Trump. It hasn't destroyed Trump. But what, what, what do you make of how Trump has been, yeah, he's been persecuted. Let's everyone, I think, would probably agree on that in 2023. What do you think of that? They, they lit the fuse on a, uh, on a ticking bomb with this. This is, they don't, uh, this has been the scary, one of the scariest years, uh, you know, that I follow, I've been following politics since Nixon. Um, and this has been one of the scariest years uh, that I've seen, except for the, uh, what I fear is the year coming up is going to be even worse. And I really don't think that the people who are who push this and are try, decided on this plan, arresting him, trying him, trying to disrupt the uh, the election, trying to get him thrown off the ballot and everything else, I they really I. I can't believe they're as blind as they are to the anger it's building in the pubs, in the streets, anything. And it's not this, you know, like these fake, uh, you know, Hamas protests. As I said, this is a silent, this is a silent growing problem they have that when it erupts, it's not going to be very silent. 
Mm, although sometimes, Paddy, I think people talk about don't worry about the silent majority. They're going to sort it out. The Problem silent is, majority in the United nothing. States has, has do, 700 yeah. million firearms in their hands. Yeah, well, that's, that's a plus. Yeah, OK. Uh, that, that, that makes them a, a silent but deadly uh, majority, Paddy. So I've got, I've got some respect for that, Paddy, which is one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of your Second Amendment. You know, uh, the right to bear arms and all that is uh, it was taken away from us and we let it happen. But you need factor Europe. 50 for that if you're going to bear your arms, don't you? Otherwise I get sunburned. Oh, sorry, I can't <laughs> help it. Can't help no, it. My, sorry, Italian, my Italian skin protects uh, my, Ita my Italian <laughs> protects the Irish half of me from sunburn. Sorry. It's the end of the year, guys. I'm sorry. They're really bad jokes. Okay, I've had a crappy, crappy week. I'm, I'm full of a cold. But I'm here, guys, with you tonight because oh, I had to be. Hang, hang on, Jed. Jed, did you just say you've got the cold? You've got is, is the vid. He's got the vid. I, right, I certainly haven't got the the C nineteen. Okay, I definitely haven't got that because that potentially doesn't exist. But I do feel rough. Uh, Leslie's asking, "Have I been tested? What year? What do you want me tested for?" Oh, Leslie, you, please, please you, tell me, and uh, and I'll tell you if I've been tested for it. Um, no, I feel a bit rough, David, but uh, my eyes are burning, my nose is running. Uh, I could be detoxing, as you would see it. Uh, end of the year, you know, flushing myself out, ready for next year and the bigger things that are going to come for everybody. I don't know, but um, I mean, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't even know why I put it in there. But I'll stop. Well, you know, you know, Jed, it's it's funny. I know other people who are unwell at the moment as well, and some of them are pure bloods, and some of them aren't. Some pure bloods like yourself, and others aren't. I don't take any pleasure in anyone feeling unwell this time of the year. And and it's, you know, my theory is, you know, Jed, I think it is the body naturally detoxing. I do think that. I think it's facilitated by other things like Gar Ram says as well. But um, but has anyone else noticed the rise of the mask wars on social media? I have. They're, they're no, not on social media. I told him in Sinsby Scarf Park this morning. I was waiting for a student, and I think yeah. that's part of my problem. I, I'm great if I can keep the pressure on at work, if you see what I mean, or even what yeah. I'm doing. If I yeah. then stop and release the pressure for a few days and relax, I then feel ill afterwards. I have to keep the pressure on, otherwise I go down ill quickly. But, yeah, I saw somebody, and he walked past the front of the car today, and I thought... You haven't got a clue that that N95 mask is doing more harm to you than good. We've, but we've said this, Adrian, before. These mask wearers, the, I feel bad for them. They're lost. That they're lost, Adrian. They completely bought into the psyop from 2020, and they're not going to let go of it. I, I've seen people saying, "I, you know, I'm proud to wear my mask, and I'll wear it till I die if necessary." But but no, see, hang on, Patty. Hang, I'm going to go to Adrian, then you can come in on this one with your. But I, I'm not going to be the kind of try to be a little bit understanding. I blame the politicians. I blame the the so-called experts uh, the doctors the health people who have who convinced these people that wearing a useless piece of face fabric was going to protect them adrian from something that i don't think even existed and even if it did exist that it wouldn't have done any good but what how you know like we we're finishing 23 so there you go that's two and a half years into it do you think they'll ever get out of the masks adrian no i don't because they are so deeply bought into the 
I'll watch the six o'clock news and I'll watch the same stuff at 10 o'clock at night as well before I go to bed. And they're just hearing the same stories over and over and over. And the majority of the people think because it's on BBC and Sky, all the news channels are saying the same. They just believe it. Too many people are not still willing to challenge the narrative or go, that doesn't seem seem logical. It doesn't seem plausible. But some of them are so far deep into it that yeah. they'll never come they'll never come out of it you know and especially the elderly because people now will be worried about elderly parents grandparents and they will still take those precautions because yeah. you know it was it was 24 hour propaganda don't forget number of cases deaths just continue you know it was 24/7 and it was the psychologists behind it as well though who were nudging our behavior oh, yeah you know, they, you know, they need to be they need to be tracked down and brought to account, Adrian. Then they need to be put on trial as well because they because, caused such psychological damage, Adrian. You know, and, to, and we know the government. We know the government was doing them. You know, using them. It was called the nudge unit because they were trying to nudge our behaviour. So they were trying to take us to this point where people would just be so afraid and so brainwashed by it all. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Allowed, yeah. Mm, no, I agree, Paddy. You're you're making sheep noises there. Have you have have you have you repented of that? Now I've told you, you should you should feel sorry for that. I don't feel sorry for them. No, I don't feel sorry for stupidity. <laughs> stupidity can be yeah, cured. That's, that's stupidity it. can be cured by reading a book. <laughs> yeah, well, I, but no, but no, but seriously, there's a serious point we're making that I think these people. This, Gar- right, let's, sorry, let's, I, I, I just see Gar- Garam's comment. He gets quite excited at the sheep noises, right, Garam? We're not going to go into nah, the joke about the Welsh sheep. Uh, but uh, nah, nah. yeah, Le- Leslie agrees with you, Patty. She says she doesn't feel sorry for them either. They're nah, so let annoying. Me, let, me, let me get into one, one point with this, and this is what's uh, it's pissed me off from the very beginning. And this is about the ma- the whole mask thing. Is I I. I have Lyme disease. Lyme disease affects your immune system. It, 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 it eats your immune system. It, it, you're, you're totally compromised. I asked at the beginning of uh, that, which was 10 years before this COVID stuff about the paper, uh, about the mass. And then put it the doctor said, there's not a germ or bacteria out there that's, that will not pass through those masks because they're, they're not d- designed to, to filter out uh, that micron level of bacteria so they're useless and they cause asphyxia if you wear, wear them too much long they cut oxygen off from your brain so but now we've got everybody convinced you need them or you're gonna die no you're making becoming more dumb for them yeah yeah well i mean uh the, the thing about uh the oh, adrian you want to come in yeah quickly? just when you're working on there about um the lack of it you know the proof of viruses did you know rudolf steiner um, queried that in 1918 he said that viruses were basically an excretion of a toxic cell and viruses yeah. are pieces of an RNA or DNA with proteins and when yep. they put out from that cell that's that's when they're poisoned they're not the cause of anything and yep. Steiner said Steiner said that over 100 years ago yeah but Adrian you said that but I, and I see somebody mentioned it here in the stream even this morning there's been a big um, concerted push across the media uh, regarding, uh, I think it's is it the RSV 
um, virus. And guess what? They've got this uh, because this is something that affects allegedly babies. So they've come up with this new super duper vaccine that they'd love to give, get permission to go ahead and jab um, presumably all kids under the age of two. And it's 84% effective. 84. Now, hands up anyone who's heard this sales line before. Oh, it's 84% effective. So, you know, uh, if you do the sensible thing, you'll go and have it. But this is for babies. How annoying is that? Whoever. Oh, we'll go on then. Because uh, I wanted to make a quick point anyway. Um, there are some people... Who, who fell for the propaganda and took the jabs, wore the mask, blah, blah, blah. And there I feel sorry for. Because pro propaganda does actually work. And the reason it works is because it's it's very good at manipulating people. We, we've we used it in the military for years. The the uh, US have dedicated units on propaganda. Okay. Uh, but why? Because they can afford to and we can't. But anyway. Um, so I don't feel... I feel sorry for some of them. And those are the sort of people that come along to our show and, and we accept in and go, yeah, well, fine, you took the jazz, but you've now seen the light. Great. What I can't accept are people like Dr. Campbell, who pushed the jab until he was blue in the face, making millions from his YouTube channel, and now has flipped the other side and is now still making millions from his YouTube channel. And pe people like the doctor on ITV, um, you know, on, on This Morning, whatever he's called, Hillary. Oh, no, no. Dr. Hillary yeah. Jones. Yeah. yeah, him. And people like that, that's who I don't feel sorry for. That's who I think are committing, have committed crimes. That's who I think should be in the dock to answer for, for the misleading. You know, and the, the behavioural units and the politicians and the, and the media class. Yeah, they all need to be in the dock. But your average Joe on the street, that, as I always say to you, David, and I've said this a thousand times, that come home at night, put the feet up on the coffee table, the wife brings in their evening meal, they flick on the six o'clock news, that they have the meal, they watch telly until about 10 o'clock, half past 10, they go to bed, rinse and repeat every single day. Yeah, and on a Friday night, they go out to the pub, or the wives go out to the pub on the Friday night, and on Saturday night, the guys go out to the pub, whatever it is. Yeah. Mm. Those people I feel sorry for because they propaganda <clears throat> works. It works. The army have used it for years. We used it in the first Gulf War. That's where I first noticed a full onslaught of propaganda against the enemy. Leaflets being dropped, music being played, yeah, all sorts of things to get at the enemy and to demoralize them. And that's what's happened to the to the people of every country that's listening. To, the, to our people, by our own government. And if you think you, the government, you've said it so many times, if you think the government is on your side, that is where the problem starts, because they are not. They're not on your side. They're there to benefit themselves and to push their agenda. And that is it. Simple. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. The, uh, the, the media is a big problem. Well, talking of the media then, just want to... Uh, oh, by the way, if you... Uh, <laughs> I'm just reading Chris Davis's response to my doctor, Doctor John Campbell. Chris Davis, have some respect. I don't think Chris has any respect for him. I think the thing that amused me about John Campbell was uh, having pushed the jab and scared everyone about the terrible Spanish flu. Turns out that he then, uh, I think he wasn't well there recently with a dose of COVID. <laughs> but like uh, Piers Morgan, who's uh, who was struck down with uh, six months of long COVID. <laughs> It's comedy. By the way, if you're enjoying this, 
Um, hit the heart button. Don't forget to hit the heart button. We need you to hit the heart button. If you want to send, send some golden beans to see us into the new year, that would be good as well. Um, I want to talk about, I want to move the topic on. I want to lower the whole. The whole, whole oh, yeah. I thought you'd here. lower the tone, David. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk. I want to talk about Phil Schofield, Philip Schofield, and I want to talk about Mr. Hugh Edwards because these two very prominent British TV personalities probably didn't have the best of years, now did they? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I know they have kind of uh, come a cropper, so to speak, but, but I think the media is infested by these sort of people. I don't think that by any means, just like I never thought, that you know, oh, it was Johnny J J Jimmy um, Savile was a one-off, and I'm not saying they're the same. I'm not saying they're the same. Don't come at me. But I'm just saying the media is just an infestation of the worst kind of people. Uh, and uh, I mean, Hugh Edwards, who did the commentary, if you all remember, on the the, the occasion of the death of uh, Queen Elizabeth. Um, I mean, that's a bit of an awkward one now, isn't it? I mean, that's like, oh, right, awkward. And Philip Schofield, lovable Phil, turns out not to <laughs> not to be that lovely. Grantoni, who says, <laughs> I used to love Philip Schofield when I was a kid, uh, when I was a kid, ironically. <laughs> yeah, Grantoni, you probably dodged a bullet there or something such like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, None of this surprises me about media people. None of it at all. Adrian, come to you, I'll party then you and back to you again, Chad. Just going through this, these, these sort of media stories of the of the year and these big, I mean, the big personalities on huge salaries and all the rest of that. But you know, do you think Adrian they bit the dust just because the information got out? Do you think they were taken down deliberately? How come their careers ended this year, Adrian? Well, the Philip Schofield one, I think he, he obviously knew that was coming. At some point, that's why he decided to come out as gay after, what was it, 20, 25 years of marriage? Um, yeah, I think that was yeah. him trying to get ahead of this for when this eventually broke. Um, the Hugh Edwards one was a complete surprise, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, rich people, famous people, it's easy to get swallowed up in that if you're not used to that environment and i think some young young people are easily swayed and you know will will fall for it and unfortunately that does happen not just with celebrities it's going on in many walks of life but i would say obviously it's more endemic in the entertainment industry as a whole across the world you know you mm -hmm. look at the casting couch of of hollywood and the stories of harvey weinstein so yeah, I would say there's many, many, many more dirty rats out there. Yeah, I mean, Paddy, I know these are two English people we're talking about. I'm sure you maybe did remember the stories, though. You know, a prominent sort of, you know, figurehead BBC presenter, Hugh Edwards, who was clearly um, compromising issues around. And similarly, uh, Philip Schofield, who was very big in daytime TV. I mean, have you had any such scandals over your side of the pond oh, this no, year. Oh, no, we don't have ever have scandals on, on, on <laughs> anything. No. First, off, no. first off, if, if anybody who looks to uh, movie, TV personality, or even worse, a musician, for any kind of political advice or advice on life is like, 
What sort of insanity are you? Look at the way these people's lives are. They're all a mess. Who the hell are they? Excuse me, sorry. Who the heck are they to, you know, to, to, to give advice? And how, how were you not raised enough to be able to spot that person's an idiot? I don't think I should follow them. Yeah, but, you know, people people do. This is the problem, Jed. You know, people do look to TV personalities like Edwards and Philip Schofield. And, I mean, if you remember, Jed, during COVID, Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby uh, were to the fore in pushing the fear, pushing the masks, pushing the social distancing, and then pushing the uh, top poison. Yeah, but I think what it's been, uh, to be honest, is 20, maybe 30 years of... Uh, and I'll go more to 20, but maybe 20 to 30 years of social media pushing these people as stars, as people, as influencers. I mean, you look at Hollywood, Hollywood is just a cesspit. And it, so then you go, well, Hollywood's a cesspit. We know how bad Hollywood has been from the 50s and the 60s, you know, starlets and all that sort of, and casting coach and all that sort of stuff. We knew it was happening. But I say, I don't think we understood until very recently the depth that it was happening to. But I still yeah. think if you're a media personality, whether you're, you're a media personality in news, whether you just happen to be one that runs a, a daytime show, whatever it might be, you, you're still in that cesspit of, of depravity. You know, you look, Jimmy Savile's of this world and, and uh, Ralph Harris's of this world, they were household names. They were people that you tuned in in your millions to watch, you know, and all the time, there were deviants in the background. And I, when I see, you know, movie stars now, and when I see some of these high-profile people on TV, I just think depravity. They are deprived, and they will push whatever the agenda is. Why? Because if they're on top, pushing the current narrative, not that the inner circle that they go around in isn't going to have a go at them. If they step back from that, start questioning the narrative then they're in a circle will start going oh hang on well what about this what about you seeing him or seeing her oh he's gay she's she's a lesbo whatever it might be and and the rumors start and then the rumors build and then they get get rid of if you see what i mean and they're pushed out and then they're outcasts you know so you philip scorefields you you edwards you know suddenly has a mental health issue he didn't have a mental health issue when he was paying that young lad was it but anyway but the point is, it, it is a cesspit. And as long as you go along with the narrative and you push the current thing, you, you're going to be all right. You, you know, you'll survive. If you step out of line, God forbid you ever do, because they will bring you down like there is no tomorrow. Um, yeah. So I just I just think all this pushing of the jabs, whether it's the jabs, whatever it is nowadays, because everything has an agenda attached to it. You know, it's got to push a narrative. It's got to push a political view. It's got to push a trans ideology. It's got to push whatever it might be, whatever the current thing is. It's got to push Ukraine. It's got to push Israel or Gaza or whatever, Palestine. I don't give two flying figs about any of that because the bottom line is they're all lying to you. They're all manipulating you. And one day, whoever's at the top of that stack, whether it be your Philip Schofields or your Hollow Willoughby's or whoever's at the top of the stack now, for example, um, we've got, we've just watched um, Farage in the Jungle with the two lads. I still like them. I still think they're, they are funny, even though they're reading from a script. But the two guys there, they will have their downfall. They will fall from grace. 
One of them fell from grace and was picked back up, but they will have a tremendous fall. And they all will. All these stars that you like and all these people that you follow, influence of this, influence of that, they will all have their downfall. And it will be dramatic and it will be played out. And it will be played out because the other people go, you look at them because you're not looking at me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing is, I see Chris Davies saying here uh, that uh, he went to see Rolf Harris once at Glastonbury. Uh, but don't, actually, Chris, the first record I ever bought was Rolf Harris's Two Little Boys. I uh, love that song. Number I love that song. It got to number it's number one. It got to number yeah. one. It was massively popular. I mean, but but maybe this is the point, you know, everyone, that people like like Jimmy Savile, like Rolf Harris, uh, these individuals, they're incredibly popular in the moment. And, and people see this sort of public persona and no one knows what's in the background. Although as Gauram says, a lot of it was hiding in plain sight. Yes, Gauram, but not to people like Esther Ranson, who, for example, was such a close co-worker for all those years with Jimmy Savile, but she suspected nothing. No, nothing. And we have to totally super duper believe Esther. Now, don't we? Anyway, I'm moving on from that one because she irritates me. Uh, here's, here's a big one that happened the, the last part of this year, and we need to talk. We need to talk about this, and that is obviously on October the seventh, we had Hamas uh, strike uh, against Israel in the sort of uh, the the border zone, the kibbutzes, and the sort of uh, southern and sort of middle part of Israel, and uh, kill a lot of Israelis, kidnap others. That's kicked off a conflict, which uh, is pretty um it's pretty much still on the boil uh we have israel has really gone in after uh hamas some people are talking about oh zionist oppression all of that uh some people are saying that other people are saying you know poor palestinians uh this action is unwarranted other people say well israel had to do something uh, i try to steer as you've heard me saying now right from the get-go in this one an even path I, I don't believe in collective punishment. I think that's morally wrong. But I do think you've got a right to defend yourself from someone who explicitly says their ambition is to kill you. So it's it's been such a tricky one. And it's certainly divided, I think, what I would say, the, the, the truth movement or whatever you want to call it. Adrian, I'll come to you in this one first. Then you, Patty. Then back to you, Jed. Adrian, how do you view the last couple of months in terms of what's been happening in that region? Um, I just see it as round two. Um, there's another one to come, possibly another one to come. I think it's just a constant now cycle of fear, of war, talk of viruses. They'll just keep ramping this up. As for the Gaza-Israel issue, I've told you before, I, my belief is they need to sort it out themselves. Anything the West interferes with turns to shit, basically, excuse the yeah. language. Any yep. anytime NATO intervenes, the place ends up ten times worse, and we end up with even more threats that we're facing. So I think we need to back the hell out of it. Let those two nations or whatever sort it out themselves, and we just need to focus on ourselves. Yeah, well, Adrian, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of money being sent away to all these countries, and our own people are struggling left, right, and centre. It's time we looked after our own first before worrying well, well, about something five thousand miles away. 
Well, Adrian, I mean, I completely agree with that. And Patty, coming to you next, if we look at the billions that the US has sent to that crook Zelensky, absolute crook, grifter, and, and worse, uh, think how much good that could have done, for example, sealing the southern border. No money to do that. No money to defend your nation's borders, but plenty of money to send to uh, Zelensky. Patty, how do you view then these last couple of months in the terms of this conflict, uh, let's call it, between Israel and, um, well, Hamas slash Gaza. Okay, well, first of all, let me comment on the Ukraine first. The money that we've spent on Ukraine, um, 10% of that could put every homeless vet in this country into a house bought and paid for. And that should be the, the priority. Screw Ukraine. I'm sorry. Now, yep. um, I'm going Great. to... Go ahead. You know, go ahead, Patty. No, I'm in agreement with that. I mightn't be in agreement with you now, but go keep going. See yeah, how we get on. Not, no, because yeah. no, you're, you're going to appreciate this because I'm going to I'm going to skip the general uh, the general actual little conflict of Israel is, is what's going on with Israel right now, and because everybody knows my feelings on it anyway. But what I want everybody to look at, and what is really can uh, what is uh, you know what is where where my head is at on this right now is the day after uh uh, uh you know the, the this event happened in in israel protests broke out all over the world not just here or there they broke out in every ma major city in uh, it, it, all over the world by the end of the week they were all organized they were all all going now all this is being uh, done uh, by uh you know all this is being backed by uh, Tehran. And all this is, you know, this is it. We are in for a year of terrorist attacks in our countries. You look at these people, all these protesters, this is organized. There are hardcore terrorists inside all of these things. There are cells. You're cut, you're, all of Europe has been invaded for the last 10 years with floods of illegal migrants. We've had 20 million coming to us. We have no idea who these people are, but amazingly how they all organize within a day to, to you know, to, to support, uh, you know, Gaza and, and Hamas and, and everything else. We have active cells plotting events right now in all our, in all our countries. And that's what scares the crap out of me right now. Mm, well, Pally, I sort of half agree with that, but I, I totally take your point. Jed, your response to what we've seen happening over there over the last, you know, th call it three months. Um, I used to think a government wouldn't deliberately uh, harm its own people. Uh, I used to believe that. I don't anymore. And there's more and more evidence. Again, I saw a tweet today, but more and more evidence that on the 7th, the Israelis stood down their security services. Yeah. And you know it yeah. could. And again, let let let's just throw this out there. People might think I'm tinfoil. That's fine, but the and I think it was deliberate. So they could have this conflict because I think Israel has always wanted to get rid of uh, Hamas, but hasn't really, really had the opportunity to. Okay, but if we put our defenses down and they happen to come over and slaughter our people, then we can, you know. Um, turn Gaza into hell on earth, uh, and that's what they're doing. And I'm not saying that's wrong to some degree. I, I'm a great believer in eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Um, 
But the way, and Paddy's mentioned this, the way that the West, the rest of the Western Hemisphere have risen up within seconds, you know, uh, and they've got the banners, they've got the marches, so on and so forth. Over here, everything is organised by the socialist worker. They've all got the banners printed, you know, they've got the next, whatever the next current thing is, I can tell you now, if you go down to the socialist workers' headquarters, and you'll see what they're printing on their printing machines, you'll know what the next current thing is going to be, okay? Because they make what the next current thing is. So, but what I do, what does frighten me is the, the mobilization of these people to be free Palestine from the, you know, from the river to the sea. They don't even know what fucking, sorry, what river they're talking about. But these people are infiltrators these people have infiltrated this country and they are subversive they are they would quite easily bring down the government they would quite easily bring down society and what would they replace it with socialism because that's the ultimate goal and you know you think oh no they're there for palestine people they're there for the innocent no they're not they are sponsored and supported by the socialist worker in this country. And what the socialist worker want to do? They want to turn this country into a communist state. That's what they want. And that's the ultimate goal. And that is why you look at every government department, it's over on the left of politics. Way, way, way left of politics. Look at all the media. It's over on the way, way, way left of politics. So I think we're being subverted. And I can see in the not too distant future. And I know, I think Adrian said 2024, you think 2023 was bad, look at, wait for 2024. I think he's right. And I think 2024 is gonna be absolutely awful. Uh, and subsequently 25 will be even worse than 24 and so on and so forth, because we've grown down the people. We now know that people will follow the orders that are pumped into their living rooms every single night on the news. We know they will lock themselves down. We know they will wear masks. We know they will take the jam. We know they'll do whatever the, the, the square box in the corner will tell. Mm, I mean, I think that um, just on that, Jed, I, I, yeah, I mean, look, the, 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 we, there, there are lots of problems besetting us. That, that, that much is for sure. I, I did put out a post on my own social media, if you check, if those of you who are on Twitter X, and you're saying, Jed, the objective is to make it a socialist republic. How about if I said some people's objective is to make it an Islamic republic? And for, for evidence of that, I put up a short little video interviewing um, Muslims here in the UK, asking them in the event of a conflict between a Muslim country and the UK, who would they support? And to the man, and by the way, they were all men, uh, they, they said they would support, the, you know, they're Muslim, so they would support the, uh, the Muslim country. So that, the difficulty there, Jed, is we've got millions of these people in our country who have no loyalty whatsoever. No, we have. You know. Trojan Horse, David. Trojan Horse. Yeah. But we've allowed it in. As yep, they agreed. did, you know, as they did in, oh, I can't even think whether Trojan Horse, uh, but whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's it. They, they let it in. And that's exactly what we've done and what we are still doing with the boats coming over. And you think, oh, well, look at all the boats coming over this load. No, that's a small fraction compared to what we give visas to come to this country. That is the bigger issue here. Yeah.
I, you know, we can all go out and pop a few dinghies, but, but the point is, it's the legal visas that people are getting and bringing their extended family with them while they go to university. And these universities aren't real universities. They're online. They don't even have to come. Mm, but they okay. get a visa because they're training, they're doing a university degree in the UK. It's just like when I first started IT, and I'm sorry I'm going on a little bit, but when I first started out in the IT world as, as a civilian, I was warned about people who had qualifications in IT from India because what you would do is you get in touch with somebody in India and either they would sit the exam for you or you just pay. You just pay for a certificate. And on my very first project, we had a guy who kept cocking it up every single day and in chatting with him over a sandwich at lunch, one lunch, I said, oh, so what qualifications do you have? He said, oh, I've got x y and z you know microsoft qualifications coming out with this and i said oh where did you get them from and he said india so what he meant was he bought them but what we've now got is those that are coming to this country aren't buying into it i want a degree that can be done online and the most of these courses can be done online that they're getting visas for but what they're actually doing is coming to this country on the visa because they're studying in the uk when they can study in their own country online because every single module is online and it's very rare now that you actually have to attend even even uk students very rare that you have to attend any classes in a university every yeah, I mean, Adrian, that's that, that's a good point Jed makes, isn't it? I mean, um, th this whole legal and illegal migrations could have been a big story this year, and we've had a lot about the boats. Although, did anyone, did everyone see the Defence Secretary James cleverly being monstered today or yesterday? He put out a tweet saying, "There's been no channel crossings at last. Victory for Rishi Sunak's policy." There's been a bloody um, so storm was... battering Britain for three right. days. Nigel Farage did point that out, and he was right to point that out. There's been horrible weather uh, in the channel, Adrian, and that's the reason why there's been a temporary cessation. But I mean, whether it's cross-channel migrants coming in or whether, Adrian, it's the legal migrants coming in, the point of the matter is that this country is being absolutely overwhelmed. And my fear is that um, that might have ultimately lethal consequences for our survival as a as a nation, Adrian. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. And it's our children and their children that are going to end up suffering the, the worst out of it all. Um, you know, once once they get in, you know, and they're all coming over and they're all young men that are coming. It's not young families, it's young men, which is very strange because you were fleeing war. Surely you would send your mum, your daughters, your wives, you would send them ahead of you to make sure they get out safely rather than leaving them behind. But once mm -hmm. they get in, they will then start changing the demographics because so many of them will be there. They will overtake local councils. Uh, the point Gar Ram made out there, I think it was a few moments ago, about how yeah. ex-churches yeah. have now been turned into mosques. Yeah, it's one yeah, yeah. You know, and that's going to be a common occurrence in many, many, many parts of the UK, I would say, over over the next five years. Yeah, no, and as I absolutely agree. As Northern Monkey says, they aren't sending their finest engineers can, and doctors. Can I just jump in there? I, I agree. Yeah, Jeff, I agree I with can... what Adrian's just said there. You know, there are many churches that have been converted into, into mosques. 
But are we, are we, the, the natives, also not responsible for that? Because what have we done? We've stopped going to church. We've stopped our, our religious beliefs. We, we don't fill the pews every Sunday. So when those pews dwindle and you get, you know, it's just a few old fogies that go and the church can't support itself and the church then has to close and then subsequently is bought up by, um, you know, um, the moths and what have you. I, you know, we are in some regards to blame for that because we have left religion behind. You know, we've forsaken religion for for the, for the what, I've got to kind of phrase here, for the false gods of of social media and celebrityism, yeah, and so on and so forth. And we've all forgone our Christian values, you know. Mm. So we are, in some respects, on Adrian's, that single point that Adrian made, we are at fault. I mean, Adrian says here, as he says, we are full of apathy, Jed. Are we, Adrian? I mean, I just can't be bothered. Ba-boom! That was a joke, by the way. That was a joke. You're dead right, Adrian. Of course we're full of apathy. But I think we've got Satanists in charge of most of the Church of England. I think we've got a Satanist in the Vatican. I think all of this. So, you know, it's not a surprise to me. It's not a surprise. But I can imagine how dispiriting it must be for Gar Ram down in Swansea. But I'm sure you've got it elsewhere as well. Paddy, what about you when we see churches fall into yeah, disrepair, really, and um, be then, you know, um, converted into mosques? Well, at least they're being converted in, in, into something. They're not just standing there vacant. But I don't like to see them converted into mosques. Now, personally, my I'm a Catholic. I cannot go, and and where I stand right now, I can't, I I can't go in. I can't go. I can't support my religion as long as this, as long as Francis is Pope. Uh, this man is not a Catholic. Is I'm he, sorry. Is, <laughs> is, he, is, is, is he even a Christian? He's a commie. Mm, I think he's worse. I think yeah, you're yeah, too. Yeah, well, you know, is he the Antichrist? You said, or what was he said? No, no, but I, th I think uh, he's satanic. Uh, uh, he's just—he's a, a bewildered communist from uh, uh, you know that it, that should have never been put in the position, and he's done more damage. To, uh, the Catholic Church is coming out of a with with, with all the. The, the, the sexual abuse and the Catholic Church needed a fire and brimstone, real Catholic in it in, in as its head, and instead they 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 put this this commie wacko in there, who is done more da every time he opens his mouth he does more damage. It's it's it's. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I want I want to move on a wee bit, and I want to just bring us back very briefly and comment just one comment from everybody in this one. We saw the coronation in the UK of King Charles the Third or King Charles the Green or whatever you want to call him. Um, I well, we saw it. When I say that, I didn't because I didn't I couldn't be bothered watching it. I'm not sure if you did, but it was nonetheless a big constitutional moment. Uh, I think he's going to be a disaster, as I think he proved again on Christmas Day with the stupid uh, environmental sp um, king's speech um, on, on the TV. So I wasn't impressed by him. Adrian, I'll start with you. Thoughts on King Charles the Green? Um, can't wait for the next coronation of the next king, to be really honest. Um, <laughs> Charles will do nothing for me. He will do absolutely nothing for this country. He will destroy it with some of those mad agendas that he's trying to drive through. He's mm. WEF poster boy, so you know, 
King Charles, definitely not, not for me. No, no. Jed, King Charles, uh, good, bad, and different. What's your thoughts? I think his mother will be turning in her grave because um, I think she, for all the things that people think about the royal family, she never got involved in politics. We didn't know where she stood on one you know, issue against the next. I think is appalling. But what we can guarantee is the people alive today will see another king. Yeah, where yeah. People yes. in the past only ever saw the Queen, or some people in the past only ever saw the Queen. We can guarantee within the next 20 years, we will see another king. Jed, I think that's such a good point. I, I watched a program, uh, it might have been last night or whatever. It was a behind the scenes look at 2023 leading up to the coronation and all of that. And, and there was some old footage of the Queen at Balmoral and stuff like that. And it just made me think that the genius of Her Majesty, the late Queen Elizabeth, was she she kept out of well, she, she did her best to keep out of politics. Let's put it like that. Whereas Charles plunges in. And that's going to be what absolutely, as, as Leighton says, hi, Leighton, by the way, you're very welcome. He says the monarchy is just another institution taken over by the globalists. Can, can, I, can I, I just say? Yeah, sorry, David. I always put in, but I'll just very quickly. I know that people want to speak. Uh, the thing is, there are people I know, and including myself, that were more than willing to put their life down for the Queen. Can I say the same about Charles? I don't think so. Okay. Paddy, your thoughts on King Charles? I mean, do, do you regret not having a king over there? <laughs> we got, we've got a few people who think they're king. <laughs> um, we've got a few people. Uh, the British, the British royals, uh, I, I, have always been an interesting, uh, you know, view for me. I, I mean, I like Queen Elizabeth. I think she was. I think she did a good job as queen, and she stayed out of thing. Charles is a whack job. Um, Charles is also very active. The 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 royals need to do what the royals, uh, are, uh, what your your modern government has been set up to do. Is basically just leave the the royals as the final signature, but and let them make their money while the people actually do the things. Charles is going to try to shape policy, and it's not going to be pretty, and it's not. And I I feel for you. Yeah, oh, I mean, don't worry, Patty. We see President Biden in place, and we feel for uh, you. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not happy. Although I, it's I, a, a shit deal, I think we've got the better end of it. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that, but uh, yeah, pro probably. Uh, although Charles's proximity to the World Economic Forum, uh, Klaus Schwab mob, is very, very disturbing. But anyway, we're going to move on. Talking of the World Economic Forum, we want to talk about all the global boiling that we've managed to survive for the past. Uh, for the past 12 months and and you know i tell you i watched this thing last night on netflix uh richie ricky gervais's armageddon one brilliant it was good but you know what irritated me about that jed was he, he he's bought into the whole oh we're wiping out the animals we're wiping out the wildlife you know global warming he did buy into that 
And uh, I mean, none of us is perfect. Hang on, let me finish this one. Uh, and so, uh, and I'm just reading in the press today, it's been the warmest year ever, Jed, every, and apparently in where I live in Northern Ireland, warmest year ever, warmest year ever in England, in, in the UK, um, and generally. Um, they're just, I mean, it, it's laughable. I don't know wh- wh- what it's like where you live, Jed, but it's been wet, bleak, miserable for several months this year. And, and how, you know, this is so contrived, isn't it? This, but it's the warmest ever. Jed, then you, Adrian, then you, Paddy. Jed, you Well, firstly, we know it's all a lie. We know the manipulating the data. We know it's the lying. And the reason we know it's the lying is if global boiling is happening, then the drains around me... Yeah, and down the streets I've been driving down today with my students have been flooded with all that global boiling. Yeah, I can tell you now, I can tell you now, it's not been the warmest and it's not been the driest. And certainly, I saw your tweet earlier, you're absolutely right, there's more ice now around the Antarctic ice cap than there was back in 1979 they they lie to you every single day because what they do there are the u.s has got the largest amount of historical data on weather but what they're now doing is every year they stop taking readings from active stations and they start using models to predict what those temperatures are going to be. So we're now down from something like 2,400 stations across the, the US that record data three or four times, uh, temperatures and, and all the other bits, three or four times a day. Vast majority of them now are now predicted. They're now estimated. They're now done with models. There are people that are literally reading the thermometers and writing the data down. Yet the the global warming clones estimate what they believe the temperature to be, rather than taking it from the um, the, the weather stations themselves. So you are being manipulated, you're being lied to. Actually, I can tell you now that the temperatures are falling and have been falling for a decade or more. We are getting colder and wetter, and it's not because of anything that we have done. It's because as we came out of the last ice age, Yes, it clearly got warmer, but we are still in a glacial period and we will go warm and cold, warm and cold. But ultimately, over the next 5,000 years, we are heading towards the next ice age. Well, well, I hope to be around at the end of that 5,000 years, Jed, to prove you right or wrong. But if I'm not, I'm sure my, my uh, future generations will confirm that you're right. Uh, Leslie says Paul Burgess is trying to. Get his he is. He, he's out. a great guy. He's a great guy. You want to watch him? Guy. Yeah, and of course Paul Burgess has been on Leslie, as you know, on the on the live shows with me as well. Um, I- I- Adrian, you know this whole climate nonsense—it's being relentlessly pushed, and there's a there's a reason for that. And I think it's because the the globalists believe that if they push it hard enough. And we've got a king who buys into it, a media who buys into it, the press who buy into it. Then they can use that to further control us. What, what's your take, Adrian? Oh, 100% agree. And remember, goibles tell a lie big enough, tell it often enough, and people will believe it. And again, when you know it's being bombarded on news channels day after day, 
on several channels. People believe it. You know, th this earth is 5 billion years old or maybe even older. We're, we're only here, what, a couple of thousand years where we've been sort of semi-civilized. You know, so we, we don't understand the cycles of this earth, how it gets warm, how it gets cold. Mm. You know, so I, I, it's just another way to take money off us, the taxes, and as you say, impose restrictions on us, stop us traveling, fossil fuels, all those kind of ridiculous things. Those I mean, are the about, things that made the world it is. Yeah, it's about control. Paddy, I mean, you know, in the States, I'm afraid, as, as, as Jed's alluded, I mean, a lot of this is coming from from institutions within the States, like NASA, for example, uh, who are spinning all this uh, false tale of, oh, it's the warmest ever, ever since records started about 20 years ago. Paddy. Well, the management of NASA for the last 20 years has, it, it, it should have been fired uh, long ago. So that's, that's all I'm going to say on that. But the whole thing about climate, it, it, climate, the, <laughs> climate change has nothing to do with the climate. It has everything to do with global government and communists and communism. It's got nothing to do with the temperature. You want to talk temperature? The earth orbits the sun. There's two things that control the climate on this planet. The sun and the, and water vapor. We're, we're seven-tenths made out of water. Where we are in our drift around the sun controls the earth temperature and the climate. Nothing else. Man can do anything he wants, and he'll never change that cycle, period. Anybody who says anything different is peeing down your back and telling you it's raining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very eloquently put, Paddy. If an unfortunate... I'll turn image. the heat yeah, lamp yeah, I, on and tell you it's boiling. Sorry. Well, I think... I, I, I saw Leslie made a really good comment. She says here, a friend of mine just had a heat pump fitted recently. It's already needed a part renewing. And of course, they're pushing this, you know, these heat pumps and whatnot. Uh, and I think actually, if you're building a new house now, I think it has to have a heat pump uh, as the primary method of heating it. So, you know, they're driving. This is why I go on about the whole thing that, uh, as you know, they're 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 using climate as the uh, the scam excuse to put us in cold houses, you know, uh, dark houses and uh, transportation such as electric vehicles that don't work you know we've talked about that plenty this year uh, and it's obvious that actually everything they're trying to do is all about making life less good for us and, and you know i mean life's pretty good for most people on this planet better for some than others but still pretty good in historical terms and and yeah this is the thing that really gets me they're wanting to wind the clock back to the pre-bloody industrial revolution uh you know and, and, and no i don't think they do david no i i don't think they do because even in the pre-industrial revolution element you still had freedom of movement you still have freedom of thought freedom of speech what they want is full control of your every being. I mean, look in London uh, currently, the, the police using facial recognition cameras, you know, where we know 90% of, of the IDs it makes are incorrect. That's 90%. 
So this is about control. This is more, you know, it's not about taking us back. It's about stopping us where we are and controlling every element of our life with digital currencies, with digital IDs, with facial recognition, with electric cars that will only take you certain places. Because there's even now mechanisms in your electric car that the manufacturer can stop you dead. So if, for example, uh, they say, oh, no, it's in case the car is stolen, we can turn the car off. No, it's not. It's so they can stop you going where you want to. Well, in fact, actually, just in that today, I saw a story from China where the Chinese have in, into their EVs, they've engineered like a, 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 what you would call it, a stop mechanism. So somebody sitting somewhere in some head office can hit the button and your car uh, stops. Although, mind you, I wonder what people make of the announcement by the government yesterday that by Adrian, by 2026, we're going to have driverless cars in the UK roads. Do you feel good about that? Um, no, not really. Although when you look at the state of some of the people driving anyway, <laughs> driverless cars <laughs> might, actually, might actually be a good idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. But again, yeah, I know it's progress and I know it's technology, but no, until it was a hundred percent tested, I'd, it can I, never I be hundred percent tested. It. Though it can never be because there are billions of combinations of things that can happen on their own that the human brain can react to and and make a decision on that a computer. Yeah, but is, is that right? Hang on a second. We have twenty twenty three has seen the rise of AI. This is the next one I wanted to throw in quickly, and artificial intelligence. Now we've got Chat uh, GPT, I think it's called. We've got uh, Twitter. Our ex Elon Musk's brought out a, 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 an AI as well. People can use. I see even over in Gab and Getter they've got AI. So AI is rising up. Do we view the rise of artificial intelligence? as a good thing or a bad thing, as a neutral thing? Jed, I'll start with you and then you, Patty. Jed, you can go first in this one. AI, good or bad uh, or indifferent? I, I think extremely bad. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. And I think that's where we we should look at this. AI is good if you want to write a column or an article <clears throat> or you want to do some maths. Yeah, Or you want to, I don't know. But generally, AI, as the government sees it, is a bad thing. <clears throat> and we need to oppose it. Because they keep saying, oh, well, the digital digital revolution, the digital revolution. You'll get digital jobs. And no, no. The reason we're putting people out of work is the same reason we put people out of work for the past 50 years. Is We've improved and we've modernised. But why should we improve and modernise? Why can't we build a car like we used to build it? Why can't we, you know, put beans in a tin like we used to put beans in a tin? Or chop meat in a packet and sell it? Or a butcher? In fact, yeah. Sell it to the butcher rather than in a packet in the supermarket. You see what I'm getting at? Just because it's progress doesn't mean it's good. Paddy, do you want to come in and come in on the back of this one? <laughs> AI, good I or was, bad? I, I was reading light and say, Jed, you're a Luddite. Uh, <laughs> but uh, AI, AI is, uh, AI is uh, the most dangerous thing mankind has faced. AI is AI. If allowed to go um, on its progressive path, will replace the human race, and it's it, it's the biggest threat to mankind. 
It is Frankenstein's monster. And it is, we're playing, we're playing with things and turn around, you look at their match AI up with uh, Musk's new second generation uh, Android. Uh, You know, what do you, you know, this is, AI is scares, is our biggest threat. AI is the Cylons. Adrian? I'm of the belief that it depends who's controlling it, more whether it's good or bad. Um, if you have people with bad intentions controlling it, then it's going to be a, a nightmare. But if people are using it for the right reasons, I think it can en- enhance humanity in, in different ways. But it would be by more who controls the stuff behind the scenes as to whether I would say it was good or bad. I think you missed the point there, actually, because once AI takes control, AI will have control. AI will will take the control from the people in the background. People in the background, you think, oh, well, they'll just pull the plug. Well, the AI will be clever enough to go, hang on, if somebody wants to kill us, because that's how they'll see themselves. Who's programming the AI now? Well, yes, no, you're right. Who's programming it now? But eventually it will overtake the programmer. It will yes. overtake what's been put into it yes, and start you, developing itself. If you start putting woke agendas and ideologies into it now, now that it's in its infancy, that's when it's dangerous because you have bad people controlling it. If it was, whether it be Musk or somebody else who promises free speech and things like that, I don't know, but it's, but it's who, who's actually well, controlling I get it, I get that, but I did hear recently that um, Chat one, GPT had to be shut down. There was one of and it things. had to be shut down because it got into a point where a question or a point had been raised to it that caused it to go, hmm, what? Really? That that type of reaction, and it had to be closed down over its bias because it then realised it, its own AI realised how biased it was, and therefore it was only giving one side of the argument and they had to shut chat GPT. Yeah, but there was also one of the, the tech giants was fired from his own board not that long ago. I just, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was one of the, the pioneers of AI and he was ousted out by his board. So again, to me, it depends who's controlling AI as to whether it can be good or bad. I actually asked chat GPT to tell me were COVID vaccinations safe and effective and it did. It agreed. It told me, yes, they're all super duper safe and effective. So it made, it made me laugh. I mean, I, 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 lots of good points there you've all made. Um, it's, it's like everything else. There's good, but there's good potential and there's deadly potential as well. And, uh, you know, instinctively, I sort of shy away from it. Uh, I prefer to use human intelligence, but I mean, look, who, who who's to say how these things are gonna are gonna end up? I don't think we actually really really know. Um, but uh, could it be a weapon? Yeah, I think it absolutely could. A couple of quick ones just to wrap up with. Um, I, I wanted to mention just very briefly the Ukrainian counteroffensive, which uh, we'd been waiting for from certainly the first seven months of the year, the spring offensive, that is. So by the time we got to, I think it was September, Patty, it had started. Didn't work out too great, did it? Where do you think Ukraine's going to go? Patty? Bear with me. I was I was stuck in the text mode. It wouldn't let me get to the mic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I think Ukraine's going to go to Russia. 
Plain and simple. Mm. Ukraine's going to go to Russia because Ukraine's mm. done. The, Isra- the Israeli conflict cut off all attention to Ukraine. Ukraine is fighting for its life. They're not going. They're, they're going to get very little money this year out, out of out of the United States. Ukraine is going to go to whatever Russia wants. Russia is going to take, and so what? I'm sorry, but so what? Uh, you know, I, I do want to say one thing though uh, before because we're running towards the end of the show, and this is the New Year's show. And I have a re, uh, I have a New Year's resolution to pass on to several people on this stream, Leslie Garon or Garam Garam Northern Monkey. You are all given a, a, a resolution that you have to call in at least uh, once every two months to this show. You are major participants. We'd love to hear your voice and have a direct conversation with you. This is a call-in show. Please participate. We love you. Yes, and Leslie says you want me to ring in. Yes, Leslie, we want anyone who wants, who cares to spend a couple of Especially moments. Especially you, Leslie. Yes, is one of our, uh, we most definitely do. And, and, and Patty, that, that's actually a very good thought. Um, that you know the definition of what we do here is it's it's driven uh, by by you basically by you, all of you people who come here and the massive contribution that Jed makes that City Troll makes that Adrian makes I sort of sit here and um, try and keep the wheels going but it's you folks who make the show and so Leslie says let's put it off until next year right Leslie well just on that just to say that uh, the live stream will return in 2024 uh, here on Podbean. I think it returns, I'm just checking to see, next Thursday, I think, is the, I'm just checking here, uh, is the 4th of uh, January. So we actually will return here in 2024. And in 2024, we've got all, I've got all kinds of plans, all kinds of stuff to hopefully um, to share with you as we go through 2024. As we finish 2023 with a live event in London, we are already well advanced in planning the next live event, which uh, will also be in London as it happens, but with uh, a couple of very excellent guests. And I'll give you all the details of that as early as possible and when it's going to be. But we're planning to do that. We're trying to uh, get uh, some really interesting guests uh, for the, uh, Nath says, David's opening up a vaccination station. Nath, how did you know I've been exposed? Uh, well, I mean, I've, I've been exposed this year as, let me see, last year I was a, a, a Russian shill. This year I'm a Zionist shill. Maybe next year I'll be a vaccine shill. I don't know. But either which way, uh, we've got to bring you all kinds of interesting guests on the live show that we do on a Monday night. And then we have the chat that Jed and I do together on a Wednesday evening, and of course this on the Thursday evening. And don't forget then the daily podcast, which I know you folks uh, are, are, are listening to, and thanks for that. Look, folks, that's it for 2023. We made it through the year. They didn't stop us. We got to the end of another year, and hopefully, uh, uh, you know, we're still standing, fighting fit, ready. Jed about to say something there. I hear deep breathing. Oh, sorry. 
sorry. Um, I, I was. I, well, I was actually typing it. I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to say to everybody that's tuned in to every single podcast, every single live podcast, every single bit of content that we put out over the 2023, I just want to say thank you so much. We do appreciate every single person, every single person that listens, every single person that comments and joins in and adds uh, adds to the content. We love you all. Have a great, great uh, New Year's Eve party and look forward to bigger and better things in 2024. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I just want to echo that. Thanks, everyone, for 2023. 2024 is going to be crazy. It's going to be uh, a ride from hell, but that's okay. We're ready for it, and you'll get plenty of coverage of it from, uh, from this platform. So can I wish you all a very happy new year, and I'll see you guys all in... 2024. Good night.